0: Hello, Seraphim. This is Dykax, your host for the Voice of Seraphim. Welcome to episode 13, We Are Not Bull, recorded on February 12, 2011. The Voice of Seraphim is your source for all the news and information related to Magic Online and the Seraphim Clan. In today's episode, we'll be discussing the recent and upcoming tournaments, this month's league, Pro Tour Paris, and we'll do a Mirrodin Besieged Dracopac. Um So can we do a podcast? You're asking?
1: Sure. Yeah, actually the podcast guy, don't you say? We're doing a podcast now. That should be your line.
0: We're doing a podcast now.
2: And sorry about not being here last week, Dicag, because I got Ro- I got Rochamboed into uh, setting up for the Super Bowl last minute. Being the second largest male in the house, I had to help rearrange furniture.
0: Who's the first largest? Your girlfriend?
2: N- no. <laughs> Head of the household is uh, two inches taller than me, and I'm 6'3".
1: Well then.
0: So um, I'm a little off on the count. What episode is this? Are we now on episode 13? I believe so.
3: Yeah, we're on so episode now 13
0: Welcome to episode 13. So who's joining us tonight? Brennan. Scourge Thrasher,
2: luckiest man alive. The Pastafarian, six foot fours.
0: Daikins. No way. I guess so. You
1: guess so?
0: Yeah, I mean, how are you going to argue with him? <laughs> I
3: want proof.
0: <laughs> well, why don't we get started with um, clan news?
1: I got an update about the, uh, the app.
0: What happened?
1: They can't do it.
0: Why not? I have no idea.
2: Gotta keep a good man down.
1: It's so a long story short, I'm gonna make our own app. Eh? I'm gonna learn how to make our app.
0: Oh, bullshit.
4: Banana fist. <laughs> That's one.
0: Pasta, do you have an iPhone yet?
4: Nope, I don't even have a cell phone.
0: Awesome. Really?
4: Really. It's all about those old frames. Yep, old frames, old old technology. I'm I'm running Windows 3.1 over here, if you didn't know.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Fortunately, MTGO probably runs on that, too.
4: Exactly. That's what keeps me in business.
0: Does your telephone go... Oh, yeah,
4: it's rotary
2: all the way, man. Is it one of the old industrial ones that you can literally use it on a insurer?
4: If I want to make or answer a phone call, I have to climb the telephone
2: pole outside the house. Nice.
0: Hard line, huh?
1: Absolutely.
0: And so uh, Standard Tournament, was it today?
1: Uh, the same time it was this Saturday, the 12th of uh, February, and it was at 4 Therapy Time in the afternoon.
0: Alright, and it appears as though Pasta seems to have managed to win.
4: <laughs> I like can't that. Finally.
0: Congratulations. Thank you. That was relatively meek. How did you win?
4: I'm um, with <laughs> digital, digital Magic the
0: Gathering Courage. <laughs>
5: try being more big next time.
0: Okay. What kind of deck were you playing, Pasta? Uh, it was
4: a control deck. Basic blue white control minus counter spells replaced with one red mana and a bunch of burn.
0: And what inspired you to play this deck for this tournament?
4: Uh, based on my last standard win of so pretty much the same deck with a different Few cards different. It's just UW uh, benefits quite a bit from burn and early board wipes in the form of like pyroclasm. Like I said earlier. Uh, pyroclasm X is fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth day of judgment. And I kinda anticipated the uh, field tonight being very aggro heavy.
3: And
0: what led you to anticipate that?
4: Uh, Just the current metagame, pro tour stuff, and aggro's easy to play. Just expected lots of it tonight, and I was right.
0: And I assume Eldritch will be not only making you a trophy, but also be posting your decklist.
1: Let's hope so. (laughs) Yeah, that's the plan.
0: What uh, were the key cards in your deck? Um, Tonight it was
4: Pyroclasm, I think. But then, once you stabilize, then the, the Planeswalkers kind of take control. I'm running three Jace, two Venser, two Gideon, one Elspeth.
0: And I see we have two of the top four players here, Eldritch and Scorch Thrasher. What kind of deck were you running?
1: Um, I was just running green-white quests, like I have been running the past few tournaments.
0: And does that include Genesis Wave or Vengevine?
1: Uh, it includes Vengevines. The deck's pretty standard. There's not really anything in there that's super special. Uh, one thing that might be a bit different about my deck is I do run One Piece Master Ascension, but that's about it.
0: And what were you playing, Scourge? I was playing
2: a hybrid Boros deck called, uh, uh, Kaldoltha Quest.
0: Mm-hmm. That sounds interesting.
2: Pretty much uh, marries uh, the fastest elements of Quest and Kaldaltha uh, Rebirth. For instance, from the Kaldaltha Rebirth, you know, obviously Kaldaltha Rebirth, um, small artifacts such as uh, Panic Spellbomb and uh, Memnite. But since there's white in there, I also added Origin Spellbomb. Uh, the deck list also includes uh, uh, Basilisk Collar. uh well, one Argentamar. In the main deck, one in the sideboard. Uh, playset of Skyfishers, Core Firewalkers, uh, uh Goblin Bushwhackers, and uh, of course, uh, Quest uh, Quest for the Holy Relic. Um, there's a little bit of there was a little bit of burn. There's uh, two Arc Trails and in, in the main deck, and a playset of Lightning Bolts in the sideboard. There's uh, four uh, Flame Slashes. Anything else about the uh, standard tournament? I
1: think we had 13 people playing this tournament, so was actually pretty big.
0: And
2: all the decks really had a good run for the money after the first round. Everyone
0: was pretty well matched. Cool. Sounds like fun. So the next event is next Friday, February 18th at 8 p.m. Seraphim time. It is a classic popper constructed.
4: Wait a second here. It's next Friday at 8 p.m.? Isn't it Saturday?
1: No.
4: Didn't we just have two Fridays, with this being the Saturday? Don't we usually go two and two? What do you mean two Sat? Mean two Fridays? Well, we do a Friday 8 p.m. Friday 8 p.m. Saturday 4 p.m. Saturday 4 p.m.
1: No, it's every other.
4: Uh Ah. Well, the last two before this one were both Fridays.
2: Well, and then the one was catch up for the previous. There's where I get confused.
1: Yeah, and I also messed up the schedule. Remember how I thought the tournament last week was on Saturday? Uh yes, I do. Yeah, when I was when I went like after that whole mess with the, the Magic online crash and the, everything down, and we had to reschedule the all the tournaments or whatever, push them back a week. I switched out the block in the standard tournament for some reason, because so I thought one was on Saturday, one was on Friday, so we kind of, like, switched back. But now we're on track again. But everything's kind of...
0: While we're on the topic of Seraphim events, let me say that I played Tim's Scars of Mirrodin block deck for Thursday Night Magic. Um, that deck is wicked. Yeah, that's the most way to go, <laughs> That's the most powerful deck I've ever played with. It's pretty, uh, pretty straightforward. Very powerful. It's called "I Hate Artifacts." You guys probably remember it. Did you guys play in the Scars of Mirrodin block tournament? Yeah. So there were at least two occasions where um, it has liquid metal coating and various uh, artifact destruction. I guess is. Best way to say it. There were at least two times that I just wiped out their lands, so they had no mana base whatsoever. Any rage quits? I had one guy who uh, kind of quit prematurely. I guess that's a rage quit. But yeah, it's a very powerful deck. If you haven't tried it, give it a shot. It's fun. What else in the uh, clan news department?
1: All right. Well, we do have the Odyssey League, which we should talk about. Go for it. All right. So I just wanted to kind of clarify something. The last. The last few podcasts plus Mumble meetings, I mentioned that we were going to be playing the Invasion block for this month. Uh, but one thing that happened was somebody pointed out in Clan Chat that some of the commons for that set were kind of expensive, like the Sunscape familiars that are really popular and popular right now, plus a few other ones that are kind of pricey for a league event. So, what it you know I looked up some of those and realized that those are kind of hard to get around, and that would just cause more problems than it would you know help. So, decided to skip the Invasion block and go to the Odyssey block just to try to keep the cost down and make things. Easiest on everybody. Uh, so the Odyssey Block does have a few pricier comments, but nothing that people couldn't handle. So we're doing the Odyssey Block this month, and that includes, for those that aren't familiar with it, that includes Odyssey, Torment, and Judgment. Those are the three sets in that block. So we'll be playing with those cards for this month, and this past week has been the registration week. We're supposed to start this Monday. We've got currently nine people signed up. Uh, I would like to get around 15, so if we don't get that number, mine just extends... Uh, the league again for another week so let people play for this first week and then extend it again just to give people more time to to play it so we can get up to the number of people we need to actually make it a good league. Uh, But so far I think it looks pretty good and hopefully we'll get the people we need by Monday. Sign me up. And uh, just just to clarify, all you have to do in order to sign up is you send me a PM whenever I'm on and let me know you want to sign up. I'll log in the Seraphim Vault and I'll take your entry fee and then maybe a few minutes later I'll have a PM for you with all the instructions for how to, you know, get your cards, plus your card list, uh, things like that, the way you can get started. It's actually pretty easy and shouldn't take more than maybe about 10 minutes for you to get everything set up for the League. And also accounts for your equity, so it's always a good thing to sign up. Plus, it helps pay for prizes and things like that. So it's really just a good thing for the clan, and hopefully you'll have fun playing it.
6: I've never played those sets before, but I like new things. And one
1: other thing about the League, it's, I did update the, the League schedule for uh, 2011, so for this full season. So if you go to the league
3: rules, the, uh, Seraphim, like, like, league season 2011, uh, there's
1: actually a link to it and all the league posts. If you go to that main post and you look for the schedule, I've updated that for this year, up until November. So I have pretty much from Odyssey Block up, and then once we get back to Myriad, where we started last time when we first started getting into leagues, uh, what I did was I started combining different sets together, so I've combined it's kind of like a build-your-own-set type league, so that should be interesting when we get there. I wasn't sure how else to fill it up, uh, but there are those, and also in between some of those leagues have interspersed some of the new sets that are going to be coming out. So I've got you know a league schedule time locked in for the third set and Scars of Meriden plus the new core set coming out and things like that. So that full year is up, so if you just want to get an idea of what what's going to happen with leagues for this year, you can check that out and know what what you want to be around for.
6: Oh, sweet. What's after Odyssey?
0: All right, so
1: after the Odyssey block, uh, we'll be going into the Onslaught block. Uh,
6: How do you find uh, how people did on the tournament earlier today? If you go
1: to the the main website, and there should be underneath uh, the title page, there are some categories there like articles, contests, things like that. Look for the one called Results and Pairings. And it'll be the very first one. Uh, I can just give you a quick overview of the leak schedule if you want, DuckX.
0: Yeah, that'd be great. Why not?
1: All right, so uh, Odyssey block this month, then that's going to be followed by Onslaught. After that, we're going to do a Mirrodin Besieged one. I'm not sure whether, at this point, I'm you know not sure whether they want to just do Mirrodin Besieged uh, by itself or do Mirrodin Besieged plus the Mirrodin in that one. It depends on what people want to do. I think I think either one would be pretty fun to try out but it'll be up to everybody else what they want to do with that one. Uh, After that, we're going to go into the sort of build-your-own-set type leagues, where it's going to be Champions of Kamigawa, Guild Pact, and Future Sight as the three sets we're going to use for that league. Um, After that one, we're going to be doing a a Myriad of Pure or a New Phyrexia League, depending on which of those sets ends up being the actual third set. Uh, After that, we're going to do a Lorwyn, Conflux, and Rise of the Eldrazi League, after that's over, we'll be doing a Magic 2012 League, and then after that, we'll go to Odyssey, Legions, and Fifth Dawn. As far as
4: doing just Meriden Besieged along the that, that would work, being only a 155-card set, minus the rares, minus the uncommon, so that leaves a pretty small pool to do a League with. That's a
1: very good point. Yeah, that's why I figured probably, more more than likely we can that with Scars and Meriden Packs.
6: How do the tiebreakers work for... Like the standard tournament we had earlier,
1: Joey.
4: You should have been in top four, but you kind of disappeared, man.
6: Oh, I thought I had to leave.
4: No,
1: you actually—you were in the—you were in the fourth spot. I had no idea. And no problem. Just uh, you know, when, you, when the Swiss rounds are finished, you know, if you still are able to stick around and see who the top four is, because the tiebreakers end up putting people into the top four they didn't expect
6: to. I thought somebody said there four people with. Three uh, O. I guess that wasn't possible. Yeah.
1: Um, most of the time, there's only going to be about maybe one or two people at X that are going to have. Actually, I don't even think it's possible to have more than one person go three O. Oh,
6: do you pair good records with good records or something?
1: Yeah, the people who yeah good records get paired with good records.
6: Oh, so it's basically just like a regular tournament.
1: Exactly. I use I use the same I use the same program that Wizards uses to do their tournaments.
6: Thought I made top four with my hour and a half old deck. I don't know, pretty good. And once I
1: post the um the tournament summary for this tournament you can look at the the full
6: rankings with all the tiebreakers put in them. I couldn't be past a fair in anyway. I think you can. <laughs> I would like to uh give credit to Avenger. Give me one quick match to work on my deck. I already got like six different variations of that deck in my head.
4: And Joey, uh the match I played against you was the
1: toughest I played all night.
0: You could've won. What else in the way of clan news?
1: There is something that I was I was kind of advertising in the uh, the mumble meeting that I, I should probably mention. Well, people actually frequently ask me how they can help without you know, help out with the clan things like that. What kind of positions they can use? And normally I don't really have anything for them. But actually, I kind of realized that in terms of this one job, I don't have enough time to really do it justice. So I did post, well, make a new post in the positions section of the forums asking for help. Uh, and pretty much what I need someone to do is to be the one that updates the membership spreadsheet that, uh, handles people's activity. Uh, and for that, all you really have to do is pretty much once the Austria Reckonings closed, you just go through there and like check off people that have responded and also go through the, like the tournament results plus the league, uh, the league rankings, things like that and just check off people that have been playing in our events and tournaments and then at the end of that just, uh, mention who's active and who's inactive. I mean, at some point I'm going to get around to updating the membership spreadsheet, but it does take a while, maybe a couple of hours, to do the entire thing justice, and I don't really have time, I've found, to really go in there and get it done each, you know, every, you know, every couple weeks or whatever to make sure that I do it it right, so it would be nice that somebody that kind of knew how to manage those spreadsheets could, you know, give me a hand and take over that part of it and just let me know when they're done so I can go through there and send out warnings or things like that.
6: Anybody have Green-white answers for Jace, besides blowing him up with, uh, belt bet. World Quailer
0: does not do it. World Quailer. Okay, fine.
2: Kill Planeswalkers.
0: It can. Yeah, it can. It was in my first deck that Avenged helped me build. And then there's the new, um, Pithing Needle on Legs.
3: That only
0: works oh, on creatures. Phyrexian oh. um, Evoker. Does it only work on creatures? I thought it was
3: uh-huh. Planeswalkers,
0: too. Let's, ch- well, we gotta know.
2: Well, while you're searching that up, uh, another answer for Planeswalkers is Mold Shambler.
0: As Phyrexian Revoker enters the battlefield, name a non-land card. Activate abilities of sources with the chosen name can't be activated. Alright, there we go. So that would include Planeswalkers, right? Yeah. So what else in the way of clan news? Does that about cover it?
1: There's a new new video on our YouTube page. It's the cube draft we played last week. Uh, so, if anybody's interested in seeing what a cube draft is, they're welcome to watch the cube draft video. It's just me uh, drafting from the site that we use, plus playing the matches, so you can get some idea of how that how that works.
6: I need to sign up for that too.
0: I just want to play.
1: You should show up when we're playing, then.
0: Yeah, I've had a tough schedule lately. Well, we've got worlds to talk about. That's for sure.
6: Ooh, who um, who won Player of the Year?
0: Brad Nelson.
6: I black like won America win. Americans win stuff.
0: I mean, in
1: a way, I was kind of hoping that uh, Maxine Young would win, just because, not because, I know, I, I prefer him or whatever over Brad, just because I really liked his deck. I really think it would be cool if red deck won that part of the Player of the Year.
6: That's true. I, I did like his deck. Uh. To me, it just seemed a bit lame
1: that Brad was playing like E white
4: blue-white. Well, Chapin's got a chance to take home the Pro Tour t- trophy.
1: I did playing Standard in the top eight.
4: Yep. Should be pretty good.
0: And what's his standard deck?
4: His standard deck is uh, the Tesserator, Tesseret deck that uh, 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 yeah. Mademur <laughs> Same one. Oh, very similar. Uh, no,
1: not similar, just exact same. I mean, oh. carbon copy. They developed it together.
0: I don't like any deck with Jace.
1: Oh, ditto. Yeah, but you know you only said that because you don't
6: have any Jaces.
0: I, I was just about to say uh, maybe. that that's one of the reasons that I hate. That might
6: be one of the reasons. I
0: hate like uh, I hate it when they're doing like a deck tech and then <laughs> then they show the jaces and it's like.
6: What's so ridiculous is that the last uh, was it the last Pro Tour there were thirty six jaces in the top eight. It's like, are you serious? Anytime, every single deck in the top eight has four copies of the same card. Something's wrong. No, I
3: agree.
0: They've created a monster. So, have you guys watched the deck techs?
6: I have been for the most what's, part. Watched a few of them, I haven't watched none today. Yeah, I watched the most one.
0: I really like Vincent Lemo's deck, and the,
6: uh. Which one? Yeah. Which deck?
0: Vincent Lemo. Yeah, the Poor. And I also liked the Quest deck. That's the deck first quest thing
6: looks after like after a I contender. saw. After I saw all the spoilers, that's like the first thing, because I. My, the best standard deck I've had probably, uh, are the only real. Decent one so you could even Play and call A standard deck I had a quest Deck But you know Obviously It was either Badass turn two Victory Or You lose
0: Pasta were you Being well, sarcastic
6: what, No that's what I was going to say Is uh,
4: quest was kind Of a one trick pony Before Besiege But it's got Some legs now With the The signal pests And that That 3-1 Battlecry guy I forget his name
0: so Battlecry's so Helping that a lot So you've seen That you deck quarter check? paladin yeah, it Make sure your 1-1s one
6: and 0-2 zero, zero and was about actually be able to do damage.
4: Exactly.
0: I thought it was um, Mirror and Crusader.
6: Did he have the
4: Mirror Crusader in there? I thought it was 3 one dude.
6: No, he had, boy, well, he had Signal Pass. And I the he had a
2: three like Scor... Like, okay, was it the Crusader?
0: It better be the Mirror Crusader, since I just bought four of them.
4: <laughs> well, if it's not.
0: Wow, diecasts. wow
4: be a quarter paladin was that right, is not a rare so you can pick them up for cheap
0: that's good news but I'm I'm almost hundred percent that it's the mirror Crusader that was in his deck now I noticed that there was no Stoneforge mystic or um, core who's the guy that skyfisher no there were skyfishers fire Walker? No, the core... Those are in the side. core outfitter? Yeah, the core outfitter thing. So I didn't know what to make of that. He just relies on quests, and then there's just two Argentum armors.
4: But he's not just relying on the quest. Like, uh, Joey here said, is the ornithopters and memnites are actually threats with the addition of the battle cry.
6: Okay, And he had the, uh, Was it 2-4 or 3-4 for 4 that puts in 2-1-1s and has battle Hero
0: Blade Hold.
6: Yeah, he had that one in there. I don't think he did.
0: Like, seriously, I closely inspected this deck. All right, all
6: right, I'm going to go watch the video again. I obviously don't remember what the hell he had in there, but I liked
0: it. It's school time with Bike Hacks. No, I was just paying real close attention to it, because that's the one paper deck I have, so... And I liked the He's you know, I liked the changes. Okay. So. Off, Get really out your bad. notebooks and time to learn, children.
6: <laughs> Sorry, I had to watch the video while
1: I was at work. Actually, I'm looking at it now. It's got four of the card to fetches equipment.
6: Yeah, yo, of course. The four quest. The four quest. Don't no no stone uh, uh, mystic. No,
0: stone quest. Oh, I stand corrected. But he doesn't have hero blood bladehold in there. Yeah,
6: the, I think the only thing he doesn't have four of was. Hawk. Yeah,
0: he had three Squadron Hawks.
6: I don't know if it's right or not, but I like his explanation.
0: Oh, right. He d- you were saying he has the Stoneforge Mystic Eldritch.
6: Yeah.
0: Yeah, you're right. I do remember that now. I remember that now. It's in my
6: notes. That's one of your main uh, card advantage cards in the deck. It might be the only one. True card advantage. I don't know if way does his deck
1: tech videos, which he would just like, put all the cards out on the table, like... Uh, the other guy does. And I don't like it, but he just, like, flashes the cards real quick, so you gotta actually
0: watch the video to find out what the tech is. Yeah, that's
6: not cool. Do y'all really like the Squadron Hawks? Because I'm not sure I like the Squadron Hawks. I mean, not Squadron Hawks, the uh, Skyfishers.
0: The Skyfishers are pretty utility. Yeah, they're pretty badass. But just because of their three
6: toughness? Because I'm thinking, nowadays, three toughness isn't gonna mean as much anymore, because Pyrocosm's out, and that other red card's in.
2: Well, the thing is, you can get something out of harm's way,
0: or you can up your mana if you're down mana.
6: Yeah, you can bring back a mana and recast it if you, didn't. you need more mana. And when
0: Outfitter was in, you could throw him back in your hand and recast him.
6: Exactly. And when you're he, talking uh, Argentum he... Armor,
0: that's pretty key.
6: I know, but he doesn't run. Out. It doesn't run, Outfitter. No,
0: I know. No, I know. I was talking about the old quest deck, I guess.
3: That's what I'm
6: saying, though. Now is it still as good? Joey, make a really good point. I- I'm not sure it's as good anymore. One of the few I do see is to put the lands back in because you have step links, and to take out contested war zones so they can't swing back at you, or they can't take it from
0: Oh, yeah, that would be nice to throw lands back in your hand. Step links. Yeah, I was kind of surprised by step links. Help me understand that. Yeah. yeah. It doesn't seem... I,
6: no, I don't know. It doesn't seem pretty... I, I don't. Easy. Just a turn one play, I guess, that can, can the, you know, be down for four. Knock yeah, out it's just a little...
2: It's just a one drop that you can get out your first turn, and it's got potential late game.
4: Mm. I mean, if you're hitting step links off of a fetch land with Battlecry on the board, you're swinging for six with just that one creature.
0: So I was thinking about running that deck for game day because it's Mirren. it would be mirror affiliated. But I really kind of wanted to run infect for game day. What do you guys think?
1: Uh, I think everybody's going to be running Infect.
0: I <laughs> think
2: a good Fog deck's going to make it out above all the Infect decks.
0: And I really like Vincent's deck. I don't know how you say his last name. If you know French, let me know. I think it's just
1: pronounced Vincent Lemoyne. All right. But you know what? We're <laughs> Americans, so we can say
6: however we want.
0: That's... <laughs> I... All right. It's <laughs> Lemon. It's yeah. Vincent Lemon.
6: I like how, uh, how he had two islands, two planes, and a sideboard.
0: You think you can run that deck without Koth? No. You don't?
6: I mean, you can run
1: it. It's not going to be as good.
0: It doesn't seem very essential, but I guess I'm wrong.
1: I haven't tested the deck, but it just seems like Koth is one of those cards that is undeniably powerful. And there's a reason why he's running one. I mean, he wouldn't be running the card if it wasn't doing something very good for his deck.
0: Given that he's in the top eight of the Pro to Paris, you're probably right.
1: I mean, it's sort of like the Quest deck that like we were just talking about. Like, the Quest deck now at least has... Like, one, uh, uh what's it called? One core outfitter, and one, what's the one that, what's the core that fetches equipment? I always forget the name of that for some reason.
4: Stoneforge?
1: Yeah, Stoneforge Mystic. They, it's like, those are one-ups in both of the, like, in Quest decks now, if you're playing, like, the green-white version. And the deck would undeniably be a lot worse if you didn't have either of those cards in the main deck and you needed them. So even one-ups can be pretty serious. So, yeah. what's next?
0: Doot, 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 doot! Well... I, I I was really impressed by um, Ben Stark's draft deck tech. I really like the way he explained his picks.
3: Top, it
4: yeah. looks to be a real entertaining show. And this podcast will be too late for what I'm about to say to make any difference, but we'll be watching it live tomorrow morning,
1: eight thirty Eastern Standard Time.
4: So why don't we decide who we're gonna root
1: for then? Let's let's predict the top eight. Let's predict who's gonna win.
2: Where can we see all the players? In the,
1: top uh, eight. the event Ooh, coverage. Jealous. So they've already got the first pairing set up. Vincent Lemoyne and Shintaro Ishi- Ishimura, Patrick Chapin versus Paul Ritzel, Nico Boney, I guess, versus Naoki Nakata, and Ben Stark versus Tom Martel. Personally, I want Patrick Chapin or Ben Stark to win.
4: Yeah, I'm rooting for Chapin. Myself.
1: Yeah, Chapin's pretty cool. He's like, Whenever I've heard him talk, Like on the Magic show, he's always been really awesome. And then I've been reading his articles on Star City games, and they're always interesting.
0: Yeah, I like Chapin too.
1: And plus, I think it's awesome that he makes his own decks and does well with them. That's the main thing.
4: I mean, to see, other than I think we all agree, Chapin's one of the best players in Magic today, but uh, that he's going into Pro Tour Top 8 with a completely original deck, whereas the other ones are kind of playing on variations of known archetypes. To see an original one would be nice.
0: It's pretty impressive.
1: Even though I played the Green White Quest deck today, it's pretty much identical to the ones in the top eight. I'm just kind of I don't know, I don't like that, you know, Mirrodin and Besieged came out and like none of the cards in that deck changed. It just seems seems kinda of like a waste. So it's it's, it's kinda of way I feel about a lot of the decks in the top eight is playing like all of them except for Chapin's deck. I just feel like I don't know, the the decks are almost identical to the what they were before besieged came out. The standard
4: environment hasn't been opened up quite yet i mean when you're going to this pro tour these guys have been testing for a while they they don't want to just bring something fresh out because from what i understand i mean if you want to show a good show there you not only need to have a good deck you need to know how to play it since these cards are relatively completely spoiled what three weeks ago they don't have time to learn the ins and outs of the the format so they're they're playing it safe Whereas if you were to play a standard tournament pro level, say six weeks from now, you'd probably see completely different top eight decks in that list.
1: Yeah, I don't deny that. I'm just, I know, I just, I, I guess I just prefer Chapman's because he decided to take a risk and play a different deck. That's what I'm he was getting at.
4: Oh, absolutely. I'll, I agree with you 100% there. And that's why, like I said, I'm, I'm rooting for him. It's an original deck. Should it be Brad Nelson?
0: So he's going up against Ritzel. Is there any particular weakness that one of the two have of them against the other deck?
1: See, Ritzel's playing a, Boros, a Boros-type a Boros deck. So, I mean, they're both pretty aggro. It's hard to tell these kind of matchups. I'm not exactly sure what could potentially happen on that one. Like, Chapin's deck is best when he gets out at turn three Tezzeret, and makes one of his artifacts a 5-5 and just starts swinging for that early game. But uh, then again, you know, like, this, Paul Reed's always playing some kind of Borosic which is, by its nature supposed to be really fast in aggro. so it's hard to tell what's going to happen with this one. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't think either deck really has that obvious of an advantage.
0: And Ben Stark, is he the guy that's... Adamantly opposed to Preordains, but has four Preordains in his deck?
4: No. That is the guy playing the 22 or the mash Polymorph deck. Oh
0: yeah, thanks. But Ben Stark was w- in one of the videos. Which video is he in?
1: He was in the draft video. Or, or about yep. a
0: skill pool, I think. Oh, yeah. I'm not sure which one. And he was really thorough in terms of play- explaining his choices, right? He's,
1: a, oh, he's supposed to be considered one of the best limited players in the world.
0: His, just seemed, his picks just seem more well thought out, or maybe he was just better able to explain them.
1: Typically, if you're ba- better able to explain it, it means your picks are better thought out. I always think of like the Einstein quote where it's like, you can't explain something simply, you don't understand it well enough.
0: I oh, know, I totally agree. Like, I was less impressed with the way Chapin explained his picks. But, you know, he's he's he must be a really good pilot. Yeah,
1: know? I mean, I think that probably is it because... Just because of the fact that he decided, like, early on that he was not going to play certain colors, I guess it just, I mean, when it comes to that, it is, it's about knowing what you're good at, I suppose, so he definitely knew he wasn't good at playing certain colors, so he decided to force any other color besides those two.
4: He made, he made a, a good, good point. point for why he, uh, passed on the black, though. I mean, the next three picks were going to be black, right. so he'd be fighting right. for black rest of the draft.
1: True, but he did, he also mentioned that, that just made his, choice easier, like less, he felt less guilty about doing it, because I think even if there had only been like one black card in the pack, that was really good. He probably still would have not taken it.
0: Yeah. Did you watch the cracking packs with the pros? No, I missed that one. Oh my god. Lewis Scott Vargas on that one was like, that was impressive. Probably better than Ben Starks. His was probably the best. He
4: had the best segment of that whole thing.
0: I mean, yeah, his description was even stronger than Ben Starks, really.
4: he went through that whole segment, the uh, like crack a pack with a pro or whatever they called it. He went through it more thoroughly and explained what he was doing and thought out like the next five, six, seven picks and planned on what was wielded. Uh, it was really good. Yeah, it
0: was, it was nice fun. to see those. I'm still trying to get a handle on like signals and stuff. I don't appreciate those whatsoever.
4: It should become a lot easier with
0: besieged though. Because it's going first, or because there's fewer cards, or...?
4: Well, because it's going first, and the way the acts are laid out, I mean, you know exactly what faction they've taken their card from, and then you can kind of start oh, to uh, yeah. determine what yeah, determine what strategies they're going with. This is true. So they
1: are, like they're splitting the faction for each pack directly in the middle, right? Yeah, it'll be 5 each on
4: both commons, Phyrexian, mirin, Uncommons, either Phyrexian, Mirin and then the rare being the opposite of what the com- uh, Uncommons were.
0: Unless there's a foil?
4: Yeah, it throws the variable in there, but that's
0: quite a variable. Yeah, it was more a question than a statement, but yeah. And then Tezzeradix
4: is the other variable there's a rare missing and you got three Phyrexian Uncommons, it's possible they yank the Tesserit, uh,
0: but unlikely. Oh, true, true. Pasta, you watch the Magic Show, don't you? Yeah, uh, yeah. What do you think of the new format?
4: It kind of pains me to say it, because I really like the Magic Show, but I prefer the old format to what they're doing now. I liked it more when it was just Evan Irwin going fanboy, full tilt.
1: Me... For me, it's not that the format is the problem. It's just that I think that he's tried to he's changed the the content to match the format, and the content's le- like not as good. It's like he's trying to match up kind of what
4: what they're doing with uh, MTV and Channel Fireball, getting a co-host and whatnot, rather than doing the uh, whole Monty Python paste together format that he used to. Like the
1: previous format seemed like it was a lot faster paced, more aggressive, and had more stuff packed into it, and this one just seems like it's I don't know. To me, more full of like fluff and like visual effects rather than like s- stuff like information.
0: As somebody who edits, that's that's to get down to what he did each week must have been an incredible amount of time. I mean, because part of the speed is just him editing out lots of dead space. You know?
1: Yeah. Well, you know, I I am sensitive to that because, like I said, I've done a lot of editing also, just being yeah. in, like digital media, yeah. and I can. Like, you know I, I read it's you know it's his reasons for changing the formats because he wanted to try something new plus it took less time to to do it that way which makes complete sense to me just I just think that if you're gonna try to do something new you still have you still have to meet a certain like a certain standard of quality you know what I'm saying
0: yeah I do what I liked your statement about the content and the format what did, what did you say because I thought that was hit the nail on the head
1: um I can't remember exactly but I'm pretty sure I said something like he's Trying to like match the contents of what he's like, of the show to the new format, and it's just not working out the way he's
0: doing. Yeah, yeah. There's gotta be a lazier. There's gotta be a lazy way to do what he was doing.
6: Why did y'all let me miss the and marin sales of the Top 8 event? Sorry about that. Yeah, because it seems to
1: me like in the previous format, you could definitely tell he did a lot of editing to make that as condensed and quick as it was. Whereas this one, it seems like he's trying to do the entire thing in one take, which just means it's a lot of. Uh, like stuttering, a lot of ums, a lot of pauses, a lot of things like that that, you know, obviously like, you know, I, I you know, record like example, like those draft videos that I post on YouTube and I, you know, I, I don't want to go through there and have to take out all the pauses and all the mistakes and everything else just to make it run smoother. So I try to do all of that while I'm recording to make it as easy as possible. I don't have to do almost any editing really besides just splitting up the video. So I completely understand The motivation behind not wanting to have to go in there and take out, you know, really fine tune it that way. But I just think he, I think, I think after he does a few more of those, he'll eventually get it back to kind of a refined
0: yes presentation production hybrid. Yeah, I don't like the newscast format. I guess that's that's what I don't like. I don't like the two newscasters.
4: That's what I was saying. I like the old format when I said like the Monty Python, him showing up little clips the reference, uh, maybe only one or two or three, four or five people are going to get the joke of what he's showing on there, but it, it infused some humor in there doing the, uh, like, quick Monty Python type inserts into the information that he was throwing on there, rather than, like someone saying, doing it one take and UX doing it, uh like, the newscast style. That's so not very original.
0: Yeah, and, uh... Yeah, it does pain me to say those things. Do you watch The Professors, Pasta? Um, I don't think so. I have no idea
6: what that is. Oh, you should. Uh, they put up YouTube videos, or?
0: Yeah. It's kind of more, it's magic showy-ish. It's called The Professors?
4: I mean, I would just go on to YouTube and search The Professors, is how I would find something like yeah,
0: that. Yeah, the trouble being he misspells it. Um, <laughs> go <good> to... <laughs> Um, it's from blackborder.com
4: Okay, I'll, I'll look it up
0: You'll like it Because I think, and he says He just copied Evan Irwin's format But he's been doing it for a long time And I think he's sort of like He has Eldritch's educational background I think That expertise Alright, well we got the Mirrored and Besiege pre-release Starting soon Next Thursday
4: Please tell us about it, Deck
0: Hey listen, listen what you talking. About? What you talking about, DocX? I'm doing my best, man, and I'm carrying a lot of weight here. That's what she said. Why did she say that? Banana fist. <laughs> okay, I'm back. What do you guys think these warm weeks are about? Um yeah, yeah.
5: They're a way to limit um I guess how many pre release someone can play so one like gets the whole set just from a pre release? Uh, weekend, I would think.
0: You know? No, how does it do
3: that? Ooh. I don't see how, it, how does
1: it no, do it, that. It doesn't actually limit how many you play, because you, if you, when you buy you buy into a pre-release, they automatically give you three of each War Mark, and just by playing in another pre-release, they give you one of each. Oh,
4: didn't know that. I think the, the, they're doing it to kind of marry up the, the paper and the uh, online and do it in an easy way. And that's probably why they switched to the, if you join a, an event now, you've got the option of how you buy into it, which, so you can do this whole pick Mirren, pick Phyrexia. You pick your warmarks. Marks then, you have the different entry options. It just kind of streamlines it for uh, a program.
0: Cheesy War Marks. I'm just confused. Whatever.
1: I think, I mean, I don't really think the, this Marks really have that much of a bearing on anything, besides just being kind of flavorful.
0: Mm. Because
1: I mean, if you want to play Phyrexian all day, you can just use those marks, and nothing's really limiting you because you get replenished whenever you enter a new event.
5: So what's the point of not just having a choice when you start the draft? Is there no point?
1: That's what I was saying. Is by doing that,
4: giving you the war war marks or whatever they're calling them, with the new entry option thing, it makes it easier for the program. That oh. seems to be quite archaic. Now that I
3: get
0: to like pick. That makes sense. Kind of help the program know which faction you've chosen. That right. makes sense. So you're not like <laughs> Thank you, pasta. It all makes sense to me now. I really appreciate that.
4: <laughs> might.
0: So they will have faction-specific packs. That's cool.
4: But the prizes aren't given on faction packs, which is slightly disappointing, I think. A little
0: bit, yeah. They're probably trying to push Commander. Wait, what
5: do you mean? I'm confused. You
0: only get the only promo card is Glissa the Traitor.
1: I, I think what Paul was saying is that the packs you get from winning events are just normal Mirrodin Siege packs and not faction oh. packs. Oh. That would have been a lot cooler, because the packs eventually at some point probably be worth a lot more than normal packs. Plus, it'd actually give you kind of a, a reason to really choose a faction. Now it really doesn't matter that much, besides so you know what you actually draft.
0: And it would be... Um, I don't know, I think that would encourage people to play the pre-release, too. Not that you need to encourage people to do that, but... Well, I mean, one thing it would do is
1: actually make it relevant to, like, which warmark you play. Like, for instance, like, if you choose to play, like, on the Phyrexian side, the prizes for that would be Phyrexian Faction Boosters, which means that if you want to play another one after that and pay in packs, instead you could only play with the Phyrexian side. I don't know, it seems like it'd be more interesting that way.
4: I absolutely agree, and something I was thinking about is how much of a ripoff it is more than normal to play in the, like, draft pre-release. You're paying a whole hell of a lot for a Mirrodin Besieged pack. 20 tickets.
5: But the the payouts are much higher. No, they're not.
4: They are lower. Really? If you're playing in the draft, it's costing you 20 ticks to get one Mirrodin Besieged, two scars, and I guess... Two warmarks or
5: whatever. Why would you well, do that? Not, sure. not the sealed. The sealed makes more no sense.
1: All the prizes for the pre-release are actually going to be in the beastage packs. So, I mean, if you look at like the draft, like look like, you like, like you were saying, boss, you pay 20 tickets and you get if you if you win the entire thing, you get four packs. That's like playing a four-three-two-two essentially, except the prizes are actually worse for this one than they are for a four-three-two-two, and you're paying at least you know like. Four, you know, four tickets more than you normally would have played a draft. Right, I mean,
4: if you win the whole thing, so you you get your three packs for the draft, your four for the winnings, that's seven, sometimes seven four is 28. See, so you're netting eight tickets, roughly, probably less. That's no good. Spend the ten more tickets and you're getting six packs from the get-go, playing Swiss.
3: Yeah,
1: Swiss, this payout for Swiss. The price structure for that is a whole lot better than draft. I would I would never advise anybody to play a pre release draft ever.
4: And with it being draft this time, you're only getting one pack of that new set. Whereas you're getting three packs and the and the sealed.
1: Well, like I was saying though, all the packs from pre release are mirrored and besieged.
4: Wait, so if you're playing a pre release and you're playing six packs of uh, no, mirrored I and mean, besieged?
1: You're, you're you have three scars packs and three Besiege packs. Or three faction packs, but all the prizes are mirrored and besieged. Right,
4: I, got, I guess the point I was making was on, on draft, you're, you're, playing, you're paying 20 tickets for two scars and one besieged. nothing. Oh, yeah, that's true. That's a, yeah, I didn't
1: understand that, but that's a good point.
4: You're, I mean, you're virtually paying, paying 12 tickets for one pack of mirrored and besieged, assuming you win nothing from it.
5: Yeah, but I I... I... I don't know, I always thought the sealed event was much more popular than the draft. No?
4: Oh, definitely. No, yeah, absolutely. No question. It's just... I was just pointing out that the draft is
1: more of a rip-off than it
4: usually is.
1: Yeah, well, the price payout is probably one of the reasons why the draft is never as popular as the sealed. Like, nobody really plays in the pre-release because of the value, because the value is always a lot lower. Like, the release events, the value for these events goes up way, way, like, way more. The pre release ones are always, you're always paying more and for the, for less, essentially.
4: That's why I'm amazed that the drafts even fire off, but they do.
1: I think part of the reason for that is a lot of people don't really examine the price payouts that much or don't think about how much they're really spending for what they're getting. And then a lot of people think, well, prefer to play draft over a sealed because I think they have a better chance of winning in a draft because they're actually building their own deck theoretically based, I like guess less luck dependent. I'm not sure about that at all.
0: So that begs the question. Will you guys play in the pre-release? I'm going to play at
1: least one, just because it's what, it's what you do if you play Magic. You have to go to the pre-release. It's just part of the experience.
0: And what is the exact day on it? it? Thursday. Uh,
1: th- 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 Starts Thursday, Thursday.
0: Thursday the 17th.
3: Uh,
4: Thursday. The 19th. Like I, said, I said through Saturday. Thursday, Friday, and Saturday the pre-release events. So
2: 17th, 18th, 19th? Yeah. yeah. Okay, that actually does work out for me. Since usually, like
1: they usually only started on, like, Friday, so it's kind of nice to have an extra day. Yeah,
2: they I started it with Scars. And it's $30 for the sealed or 35
1: 30 That's actually pretty good value for what you're getting.
2: Oh, yeah. I've played places where they, uh, for a release, they'll charge anywhere from 35 to 45 just to end the event and play with the standard, uh, prize, the standard pool you get to work with. No additional prize support.
5: No, but I'm... Um, uh... I'm actually able to play too because I recently got another Jason Fine sculptor and sold it, so I'm pretty happy with that. Sweet, congrats. Which is actually my third, which is kind of insane luck, but anyway.
1: Oh hey, okay, pasta! I'm looking at this the Swiss draft ones for pre-release, and actually the product for the draft actually is to see each Besiege packs.
5: Huh.
4: That that's actually quite interesting then. I stand corrected. It's still not that great of a value, but it's rip-off I thought it was. That's got to be one weird draft format.
1: I think they did that for World WorldWake 2, though. Yeah, I think you're right. I remember that. And then we were really disappointed when they did the release events and they didn't have free World WorldWake packs anymore.
4: <laughs> yep. But <laughs> still, steer clear of pre-release drafts.
1: Yeah, save all your, save all your drafting for the release events. Play the pre-release, play draft, and release. That's the best way to get value. What you should do, if you have the time, is you should play the... The premier drafts, the ones that have the top eight. Those have incredible value.
0: Because there's like ten rounds.
1: Yeah, I mean they they are a larger time commitment, but it, and they also they're scheduled, so you have to really plan ahead if you want to play in them. Uh, but I would, if you had the chance to play those, the value compared to normal drafts are a lot higher than, than anything yeah, else you can do. That's
0: the biggest bang for your buck for sure. I
1: mean, the first no, couple of no, rounds no, 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 basically yield the same prize payout as a four three two two. Uh, but then once you get past the third round, the prices go up exponentially. If you make it to the finals, you get another, you know, another top eight draft, plus, like, the top prize payouts, like, an extra 24 packs, something like that. And the entry fee's only two tickets more than it is for a normal draft.
5: When do those start setting up?
1: Uh, whenever the release event starts, when they start. So, like, 21st, I suppose.
5: Interesting. Because I remember
1: the 64 player drafts. Yeah, the 64 player premiere ones.
5: With the top eight redraft.
1: Yes. Yeah, top eight gets a free draft set
4: on top of their prize payout.
1: Not only, though, like if you top eight one of those drafts, not only do you get all those prizes, but you also qualify for the championship for that set, and they get another free draft from that. So top eight's a pretty big deal. To clarify, top eight of a 64-player draft
4: means you need to win top spot in your initial pod.
1: Yep, so you need to go 3-0. Or however many
4: rounds it is. It's it's three oh because I think so you got sixty four players, there's eight pods. You're basically playing on eight, four, three, two, twos with the winner of each going on to the top eight. Yeah, that's right. Definitely get one of those in though, if not more than one if you can. Like songs said, that's best value. Hands down no question. Yep.
3: Do, 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 do. Do, 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 that's
1: our transition sound.
0: Boom, boom, boom. So what else do we have on the agenda, Dykex? Crack
1: Pack. No.
0: So yeah, I guess that just leaves Crack Pack, unless there's something you guys want to talk about.
4: Chicken Alfredo and Tony pasta. Oh my god.
5: I have a new idea for a tournament. Okay, shoot. A uh, Legacy Tribal Tournament. Something new and no. interesting. I don't know, I got into the format a little while ago, and now I have like five different Legacy Tribal decks that are all moderately successful. I don't know, it seems like it'd be fun. Like, everyone gets a, um, uh... Rant, like, everyone gets... Okay, how do I put this? Um, everyone picks a, uh... Tribe in advance, so no one has, like... There's not more than two of the same tribe in the tournament. And they're switch and, like, uh... Okay, I can't think straight. Let's say we choose four tribes in a specific tournament and they get allied with one another and it can be done in like a two-headed giant format and you can try and not just play Legacy Tribal but see how they stack well with other tribes, if that made any sense whatsoever. It made
0: a lot of sense and I think people really like that. <laughs> I think Song has sort of settled into a pattern of tournaments but he welcomes other people running tournaments. That's going to be my guess. That's what I think Dad's going to say.
1: Yeah, that basically summarizes the idea. The thing is, uh, the tournaments we have now are sort of like staples that most people can play in, so they typically have decks for those. And so the problem with switching out those tournaments is that somebody's going to miss those. Someone's going to wish they were back. So like at one point we decided to, like, you know, uh, I guess hard to it. When we first figuring out how to make these tournaments, we were kind of wondering whether we should switch back and forth to tournaments. But so we decided just instead just to do all of them, but just do them sequentially. The thing is, you can't have such a very long string of events. Otherwise, people like it's too long between tournaments for people to play in, so they have problems doing that. So we really need to keep our rotation kind of small. So I mean, that's kind of why we're stuck, in... we're not stuck, but we're kind of in the same. I mean, we do the same tournaments each each month, at least the main tournaments are. Uh, but the thing with that is, I just I really would love to have all kinds of other tournaments, extended legacy, you know, legacy tribal, pretty much anything, 2 write a giant all those tournaments would be amazing to have. I just couldn't run them myself just because we already have a pretty full schedule. So it, it would someone else would need to, you know, be the one to organize those and put those up and get people into them and, you know, figure out a day and stuff.
4: That's the way it's always been, though. I mean, anybody in the clan is welcome to, to host a tournament as long as it doesn't run directly in conflict of another Seraphim tournament. I think the problem is recently a few people have tried to do it, but they try to do it six hours in advance and say, hey, I'm going to run a tournament at this time. If you want to make it work, give your make a post on the Seraphim forums like two weeks in advance. Get people registered, nail down a time, and will make we, it happen.
5: The other thing is, will we be supported by the Clan Vault to give out prizes for such an event? Yes. yes. The
1: actual easiest way for you to do it would be to figure out exactly what you want to do for a tournament. So you say you want to do, like, Legacy Tribal. My advice to you would be, like, if you were going to run a Prism, what I would do was I would do, like, a write-up of what the tournament is, what the format is. Like, go back and look at the posts we do for – the posts that I have on the main page for, like, all the formats we have. And just make sure that all that information is there, like, the format, the time, the day. Uh, where you have to be to, to play in it, like if you have to join the Seraphim channel, things like that, or to be in Mumble, uh explain what Legacy Tribal is, put the rules in there, and then send all that information to me and like a PM. I can post that on the main page, put it on our tournament schedule, put it on our events page so everybody can see it there, and, you know, make that, make it really, really visible.
5: I can do that. All right, it's on. Awesome. It'll be like pretty, pretty so. successful.
4: It'll be successful, Prism. I mean, we haven't had a non-official tournament since we've been on the new website. The new website has better advertising capabilities. And the midweek tournaments we did on the old site were pretty successful. You'd get 8 to 12 people for
1: every one of them.
2: We've had one successful tournament thus far. Fist Alpha kind of took the initiative the one day.
1: Yeah, the week that we missed the um, Chromatic tournament because of the Magic Online, he hosted a Scars of Mirrodin Block tournament.
2: And the turnout for that was pretty good. Were you proud of him, Eldritch?
1: I'm always proud. I mean, just for me, as one that runs the events, I mean, it's just nice that someone would take the initiative and go out and do something like that, and the people would respond to that and actually enjoy it. And you know, it does take a lot of pressure off of me to know that you know there's there there are people in the clan that can take over when when things go wrong or when I can't handle it. Like you know, like the tournament when I was late for pasta started it you know without me, and I really appreciated that. It's the kind of stuff that I really enjoy seeing to know that people care enough about our events and care enough about having fun in the clan that they'll take the initiative and do it without needing to, you know, have me there to do it for them.
5: We're not
0: just sheeple, basically. We can actually do stuff for ourselves. Exactly. We are not sheeple. That's the name of this podcast song.
5: I love it. We are not sheeple. (laughs) I love it, too. It's awesome.
0: So I guess that brings us to Crack a Pack. If we
4: were sheeple, I mean, would it be like a half and half split? Like the bottom half's a sheep? The top half's a man? Or would we just be like humans with hooves or sheep with opposable thumbs? I mean what, what does that mean?
2: It means We would be regular people until we heard something that misled us into living like sheep. Then we'd entirely turn into sheep.
0: On to crack it back. How about that?
2: <laughs> Do it. What
4: are you
3: cracking?
0: Mirrored and besieged.
3: Alright,
0: here's a comment I haven't seen. Fangren Marauder. It's five and a green. It's a five five beast. Whenever an artifact is put into a graveyard from the battlefield, oh man. You may gain five life.
2: That card's very dependent on you get the
0: rare that destroys all
2: artifacts. It's five and a green and what's it uh PT? It's five five. So, you know,
0: that's not half bad. Yes. Dinosaur. It's not really half good either. All right. Second common is Spire Serpent, four and a blue. It's a 3-5. It has Defender and Metalcraft. With Metalcraft, it has plus two, plus two.
4: Doesn't sound bad. It's kind it's of a controller's card. they not horrible, but that's one expensive
3: wall.
0: <laughs> and the next common is Spin Engine, which is a 3-1 for three. Um, pay red. Activated ability is target creature, can't block spin engine this turn. That doesn't
1: seem like it's going to be very good. Just because it seems like it's built to be an aggressive card, but three is not aggressively costed.
0: And the next comment is Nathasaur. Four and two red. It's a five-four. Sacrifice an ar- artifact. Sacrifice an artifact. Nathasaur. Gains trample until end of turn. What's the power It's a five-four. For four and two red. You're opening expensive cards, man. All right, Do I better. have a comment for you then. It's Shriekorn, which is one colorless mana. Shriekorn enters the battlefield with three charge counters on it. Tap it. Remove a charge counter from Shriekorn. Target player puts the top two cards of his his or her library into his or her graveyard. It's not you know a bad card if you card, build for it.
1: Think so?
2: I've seen it uh, go along with some uh, good black-blue and uh, quite a bit of proliferate and, and uh, big bombs to actually cause some damage. Uh, there's someone that finished uh, top four at the pre-release I was in that was running quite a few of those.
1: I just feel like that's probably more of a fluke than the card actually being good.
0: Time will tell. Tangle Hulk, the next <laughs> common... It's Tangle Tanglehold. It's 5-3 for 5 colorless mana. For 2 and a green, you can regenerate Tanglehold. I
1: mean, just another generic big guy.
0: With Those are so I easy.
1: Mean, as, as this pack is demonstrated, those are really easy to get.
0: So, fatties are easy to come by and Mirrored and besieged.
1: Yeah, especially in the 5 and 6 drop spot.
0: Yeah, but fatties regenerates really good against
2: Infect.
1: Mm, not really, because Infect, we killed it still.
2: No, it removes the damage.
1: No, it doesn't. Yeah, it does not. Really? It doesn't. How not?
3: All right.
4: Regenerate works to, like, save it from going to the graveyard. Uh, in fact, it's going to throw a counter on it to make it a 4-2, a 3-1, then a two zero, and then it's dead no matter how many times you regenerate it. It doesn't
2: prevent well, damage. No, but it removes damage from it. It doesn't. Like The, the regenerate ability only activates if the creature
1: is killed. And the, so the, the creature is killed and l- would be sent to the graveyard instead. It's just removed from combat, and that will remove the damage from it. The thing with infect, though, is when it deals damage, it'll put the minus counters on it, and those become like those supersede that whole process because it becomes a state-based effect. Any creature that has a power and toughness of zero zero or less is automatically put into the graveyard without checking for combat or for the regenerate ability.
0: The next common is Priest of Norn which is a 1-4 for two and a white. It has Vigilance and Infect. I like it.
1: Yeah, it's good against Light Lambo. It's, it's, a, it's a good wall
4: for conservatively cost. It's not cheap, but decent.
0: So the next common is Phyrexian Digester, which is 2 and a 1 for three colorless mana. It has Infect. Is that it? <laughs> That's it. That's two one for um, three. Um, Yeah, that is it. That's it. That's all there is. It's
1: kind of pathetic.
0: Moving on. Next comment is Steel Sabotage. One blue, choose one. Counter target artifact spell or return target artifact to its owner's hands. Not a bad card. Yeah, I like that one. That's utility all around. So it's counter or... A bounce.
4: And a bounce that can work in favor for you if you use it correctly or have the other courage to work with it. Is it instant or sorcery?
3: It's instant. <laughs> yeah,
1: this is the kind of spell I have to be an instant.
3: Yeah.
0: <laughs> uh, that is a good point, I never thought of it. But yeah, it's an instant. Sorry. <laughs> no, it's an
2: interrupt.
4: <laughs> I could see that being played on your own artifacts if you've got some uh, uh, come into play, triggers to play around with.
1: Like a, you could bounce like a tumble magnet or a contagion class.
4: Yep. Or, uh, I uh, I guess, any of the Triguns.
1: Also true.
0: Sweet. And the next common is... I believe it's our last common. Yes, indeed it is. It is Gliss's Courier, which is a 2-3 for 1 and 2 green. And it has Mountain Walk.
1: Mountain Walk! Uh, It's not a bad card. Uh, I think it's more of a sideboard option, but still, a 2-3 for 3 is not too bad for main deck. I mean, it's not good either, but... I prefer. It. I would prefer it to stay in the sideboard until I need it.
0: You know the good thing about that card is that if you're playing against the red mage, he just walks on through. Yeah,
2: mountain walk.
0: Our first uncommon is piston sledge. Just an artifact. Watch your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, piston, piston sledge is three colorless. It's an artifact. Equipment. <laughs> when, <laughs> when Piston Sledge enters the battlefield, attach it to target creature you control. Oh, that's nice. No attachment cost. No equip cost. Holy cow. I've never seen that before. Is there any other There's no additional cost. What?
2: It's really good with a flashmer.
0: Oh, wow. Oh, this is a pretty interesting card. Let me, let me read it to you. Isn't it
1: too. Yeah, do that.
0: When Piston Sledge enters the battlefield. He didn't like it. Mm -hmm. Hey, avenged. Uh, Awesome. Do
1: you you have, like, segments like that? I prefer that you just, like, attach those to the end of the podcast. I thought you meant you were going to attach it to the other
0: podcast. Oh, gotcha. I could. I could do that. I was reading some of the...
2: Yeah, you need to sacrifice another podcast to get that re-equipped to something else.
0: Dope. Yeah, I was reading the form spam from when the form got spammed, so... Avenged, you're just in time for the uncommons from crack right, so Piston Sledge is three colorless. I just like Piston Sledge. When Piston, Sle- Piston Sledge when Piston Sledge enters the battlefield, attach <laughs> Piston Sledge to target creature you control. Equipped creature gets plus three, plus one. I'm pretty sure it this
7: card to it, not the actual name of the
0: card. And the equip cost after that is to sacrifice an artifact. It actually meshes pretty well with uh, quite a
2: few of the artifacts from this uh, block, or from Mirrored and Besiege. Um, there's quite a few of them that'll draw you cards or gain you extra abilities after they go to the graveyard.
5: Meridian Rebel, Furnace, Separation, things like that. Well, there's new
2: artifacts that'll draw you cards and gain you major bonuses. There's one that... Even destroys permanence.
1: Yeah, I like the new artifact that gives you a card whenever it comes into play and then gives you another card whenever it goes to the graveyard. A wellspring. That one. That one's a sweet card.
0: Shape sure does like it.
1: Yeah, well, I agree. It's, it's
0: got a lot of he value. Loves it. The next, uh, Uncommon is Choking Fumes, She's two and a white. It's an instant. Put a minus one, minus one counter on each attacking creature.
3: card
7: is
2: really good. Death
0: to Kaldolta. I wish it were two mana. <gasps> I wish pigs
7: would fly, but we don't always get our wishes.
2: Yeah, that card is going to see a lot of either sideboard play or main deck play.
5: That would be two options. To- Actually, I wasn't
7: going to go as far as say it was trying to play a little bit. It's a... It's an amazing pick for limited.
1: I think if I'm playing White, I'd always make that card. It has White has, white has
2: better
7: board wipes, and if you're going for the standard environment. But it's
2: instant speed, though. Your opponent can combo out, and then you can go. Oh no, you're screwed.
1: And it's especially good against side decks. The Mirrodin Siege seems like a very aggressive environment, so I like the fact that it'll kill, or weaken those things.
3: It she is. is.
7: Like especially limited, It's very aggressive.
0: Alright, and our last uncommon is Corrupted Conscience. Which is 3 and 2 blue, it's an enchantment, enchant creature, you control enchanted creature, enchanted creature has infect.
5: Awesome card.
4: Yep, so far the, the control magic
3: is always
4: good stuff.
5: It's a mind control plus.
7: Yeah, but I mean, it gives the guy an impact, infect, which if you're not running dedicated infect, this kind of amazing. Takes you longer to, to kill your opponent. Of course, it does get a creature off the one side of the board and get some out of the way. So yeah, it's a good pick.
1: Well, I mean, the fact, that it, like most like the, the problem with most infect creatures, like taking one of their infect creatures, is that it tends to be like a low power creature. So unless you have high volume of infect, you can't really do much with it. But like if you steal like a, a five five and you know normal guy and give it infect, that's a two turn kill.
3: Oh,
7: I guess the point I was trying to make was, do you want to run this in a deck when you have no infect creatures? Because, I mean...
1: Yeah,
2: it's mind control. I mean, people run mind control without it having infect. You don't have to
4: target one of their creatures either. I mean, you can target one of your fatties, and all of a sudden, I, I, it's got infect.
5: Hmm, that's another but I don't think I... On that, I'm not too rude. I think I'd rather steal something else to leave an open. Yeah, now. it's
7: definitely a good card. I mean, if anything, it gets it gets their, their blocker out of the way so you can finish them off. What did Prism say?
5: I think he said he'd rather save it, steal an opponent's creature
0: than oh, use it on his own. I'd rather use Mind Control.
3: I'd oh. also rather use Mind Control. That's an option.
0: <laughs> Alright, you guys ready for the rare? Yeah! Do it! It's Mythic. Yeah. And it's Controversial. It's Blight Steel Colossus, isn't it? Would anybody else like to guess what it is? Strong. Strong.
4: Actually, it can't be Blight Steel Colossus, never mind. Because the uncommons were Phyrexians.
0: Hero of Layhole. This guy. This guy. Sorry. I like that. I like that. It is thrown. It's thrown the last troll. Oh wow. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Sort of that.
7: Yep. Three people answer that. He is. He is. I mean, he is a pretty strong card. I think we've already said this. And I mean, definitely first pick if, if that was your first pick in the draft or first pick in the draft.
5: Yeah, but it it's a great card.
7: Just the fact that. He's, like, nearly unkillable, except for, like, a few things, and those few things your pawn probably not going to have in the draft.
2: And even if you weren't going to use him, he's a pretty big money rare. I mean,
1: he loses a bit of value against infect, but against everything else, he's amazing.
5: Hey, do you guys think you can link cards from a um, besiege you get in,
0: in the client? No, I no, yeah. by next Wednesday
1: you can. No.
5: Ah.
1: The patching was set in Wednesday.
0: So, does everybody like throne? Yes. Yep. Yeah, are, sweet. I have two of them now. Nice. Uh, are
1: these packs?
7: Are you always opening paper packs when we do a cracker yeah, pack? Yeah,
0: every time except for that one time. No, there were two times because once I think Prism did a Masters Edition four, and um, there was one other time where Prism Pasta and I were in a draft and we did. I don't know if it was was those were those scars booster packs. I think so. Yeah. Really? We yeah, pack, yeah. Well, that was a yeah, oh God, that was I'm a awesome. real pack.
7: Yeah. I always just assumed you. I didn't really think you had paper cards and stuff. All you always just uh, opened you know. Open the mystery
0: packs.
2: Well, it makes it so he has an excuse to go uh, actually no, I, buy that's packs. that's exactly what it is. <laughs> hey, I can't that's, feel bad about this. This is for right, the podcast. Exactly. I think
4: I did a Masters Edition Four Crack a Pack, and I also did a Scars where we did it uh, by flavor text.
0: That was fun. I never published that one. What about <laughs> a um. Cube draft. Let's Crack-a-Pack? That's a... You could... You but have some badass concepts for Crack-a-Pack. That is a great idea for the next podcast. We should do that. Crack-a-Pack from the Cube. Crack-a-Cube. That would be sweet.
5: Okay, but... It'd be on all day, On one... We have to do flavor text.
0: So for game day, should I go Mirren or Phyrexian? Mirren. Blade holds better. Yeah, it, it, it in for people who... Don't want to be good at magic. No, 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 I'm just it's for me. It's for me. I kind of want to run this. Well, what colors uh, do you kind of want to run this quest deck? This updated quest deck.
7: And, uh, from what I've seen, Dax's playstyle, he mostly plays white red, so he'd be right at home with. Mirren.
2: Then definitely just go straight up Mirren. Don't question yourself. Well, no, I mean I have to bring
0: a deck, so. Don't let Hyraxia tempt you. But won't won't I get stomped by Infect? Not necessarily.
7: Texas fast and aggressive. If you can hold them off long enough, you know you can win. They don't have most of, most of the limited. Uh, In fact, Texas don't have a lot of strong late game.
2: If it's for game day, then just make sure you've got standard removal.
5: We should have an time where a bunch of people from the can join one specific premiere event, and we all record. Just flood it. Typically. Not this really is the really
2: Seraphim pod.
5: It's a 64 thing, so it's terribly really funny. or completely full. Of the other.
2: That could get a little ridiculous.
6: Isn't that against the rules of conduct? Like, cur- 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 It'll be, be all
2: I think it'd only be against the rules of conduct if we were telling each other what was in every pack and writing them down and systematically figuring out.
5: Or 64 of us going into into the thing and filling it up, which would be awesome.
2: And we pre-plan who's going to win.
7: Yeah. yeah i know like if the majority of like if like say you got like a person draft and seven people go in they're all part of the same clan there's just one guy who's not part of the clan i mean that seems pretty
2: unfair it's like that one guy that walks into a card shop that's never been there before what do you expect
4: you could do the whole uh i think seven people pop into a draft from the same clan and not get into any kind of trouble as long as it was swiss if you're going into four three two two, you probably wouldn't get in any trouble same for 8-4 unless you face that one random guy who's going to want to complain if he complains then those seven clannies are probably going to get a suspension if not a banning wow
5: does that actually happen on a regular basis, though?
4: I seriously doubt it. Realistically, if we wanted to all play a draft together, I mean, I think Swiss would be the way to go about it anyways. I
5: mean, what's the difference between just eight people that are on Mac that are friends that are not in a clan doing a draft? That's not, that's not against the rules. Why would a clan
1: yeah.
4: A clan is verifiable. A clan, like, yeah, clan's verifiable, and the clan also has access to a clan chat. This clan has access to voice chat. I mean, if you went into an 8 4 and, like, bombed seven people into there six people into there, we could easily make sure one of the clan members
1: hit the top spot. Yeah, like the thing with real life, friends is that there's no way for them to know that, whereas with a clan, they could just inspect the players and know which clan they're in.
7: I mean, I'm surprised you don't run this this when you play Commander Prison, but if you ever, like, well, yeah, because you always play four people um, games with all clan members, but if you ever go, like, in a commander game with, like, three clan members and one guy or whatever, That one guy will always get mad and like sit there and saying the claim members are teaming up against him, even though they're
5: not. That's why we don't tell them. We just play as if we weren't. You
4: don't have to tell them. All they have to do is right-click your information, which maybe that's not a common practice. But whenever I face somebody. I always right-click their information. I,
3: so, not,
5: I think it's still a good idea for the 64 Premier Draft. I mean, I think that's, repre- that's re- like, reprimandable.
4: It all depends. I mean, chances are, yeah, nothing's going to happen with it. But it, it just takes that one person to bitch about it and we'd all get slammed with an infraction. That's why when we do clan drafts, we usually hit the Swiss.
1: Clan drafts are awesome. and One thing that like, you can't really do them in real events just because of what we've been talking about, the cold collusion thing. I just was saying that's why we play cube drafts. And also, we, sometimes we play those casual drafts. It's
5: and get a draft. casual draft in. If nothing else, we should definitely
0: do the casual draft.
5: All right, so that's the podcast.
0: That's the podcast. Bye, guys. Whoa! Later.
1: Good night. Bye. Buddy.
0: Take care. Bye. Bye, John boy.
1: got to head out, so nice podcast,
0: everybody.
4: Later, son. I'm scooting, too, because i got to get up to watch this, uh webcast in the morning.
2: Now, where do you find that at? Is that going to be on uh, the MGT page?
1: Yeah, go to the Daily MTG NTG site and look on like the right side. There should be a banner that says Live Sunday Webcast. You just click that.
4: If you can't find it, Scourge, be here at like 8.15 tomorrow morning and I'll direct you. Get you a link up to it.
2: Super Bowl time, man. Lady That's <laughs> playing the halftime. <laughs> yeah, I'll see you guys there. Maybe she'll do better than the Black Eyed Peas. Doubtful. Uh, yeah, someone's
7: bringing nachos. Danny's
2: are real. Alright, good night, everyone. I've got Vienna's.
4: If you guys can make it, people that are here on listening, it, it'll be a blast and look forward to seeing you tomorrow morning. If not, have a good night and see you when I see you. Good
2: night. Good night. Later, pasta.
0: That's it for episode 13 of The Voice of Seraphim. I'd like to thank Thrasher, Pastafarian, Avenged, Prism, and, of course, Eldritch, my co-host, for joining us. This is Dycax, and you've been listening to The Voice of Seraphim. Join us for the next recording of The Voice of Seraphim next Saturday, February 19th at 9 p.m. Seraphim time. Talk to you then. This is Forum Spam, read by Dicax. Farmland Foods Lasagna Wine Lake Pizza Down Under Sponge Cake Restaurant Foods To Avoid After Gallbladder Surgery Green Tea Dining Room Center Pieces Famous Poems Winter Free Retirement Poems Teacher Poems Using Candy Poems About Losing Friends Sailing Into the Sunset Poems, How to Get VPN Service, Airtel, Blackberry, Consolidate Debt, Select, Pumpkin, Flower, Stencil, Poems, She Was Meant for Me, Poems, Prose of Capital Punishment in Ohio, Personal Tip, Hershey Bar, Domino's Pizza, Restaurant Foods for Easter, Banana Republic, Catering, Alliance, Doyle's Seafood Restaurant, Chilled Wines, Pizza, craft, Caramel Recipes, Dixie, Springs, Reduce IRS Debt, Valentine Poems, January 10th, Bull Game, All Good Cooking, Games, Dating, Sweet, Poems, Poems for My Newborn Baby, Fitterone, More Drug Uses, Georgia, Common Debt, Teen Support, Debts, Consolidate, Home Loan, Bankruptcy. Free Natural Penis Pills Program Kirby Scene Maker Question Paper Based on Insert You Are Debt Free Best Man to Brother Poems Company Consolidating Debt Through the Federal Government Long Football Where to Buy Electronics Cigarettes Macy's Employee Website Deep Anal Penetration Red Tube Double Fleece Blankets Job Openings Penny Auctions. A Kiss So Deep. Poems. Fast Money Loans. Coral Reef Art Projects. Precept. IP 204. 10 Milligrams. Are They Good? Debt Consolidation Counseling. Commercial Debt Act 1998. Funny Retirement Poems. Seuss. Class Quotes. Roulette. Buy Sperry Shoes Online. Red Tube. Lap Dance. Threesomes. The Cold War Poems. Poems about trees. Pattern. Poems. This has been Form Spam. Read by Dicax.